Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveller who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi folks, uh, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot um, and uh, this time I'm in Saigon and uh, today I'm in conversation with Scott Markey. Scott is American and he has this very interesting uh, Tex-Mex restaurant called La Fiesta um, in Saigon. So, you know, I'm actually at the restaurant and he's very kindly turned off the music. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I'm just going to chat with him about what brings him to Vietnam and his story, basically. So... Hi Scott, uh, Hi, thank Pal. you for being a part of Melting Pot. Um, and uh, like I said, I'd like to know your story, and I'm sure my listeners would as well. Okay, long story short, short story long. Um, I moved here 11 years ago okay. to open up a restaurant in Hoi An. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I had been uh, traveling. So is yeah. that? Have you been in the restaurant business in the past? Or? Forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, okay. Back in the U.S. That's what I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I owned restaurants back in the states. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, no, I moved here to open up a restaurant in Hoi An because I'd been traveling Southeast Asia okay. and met somebody there who had the house by the river, the stoves, the everything. Just needed a chef. So eleven years ago, moved here. Um, unfortunately, that never worked out. Okay. But we opened up our my wife and I. We own the restaurants together. We opened up our first restaurants nine years ago in Saigon. Okay. And then we've been here at La Fiesta for five and a half years. So, and what about the other restaurants? Do you still have them? Um, we we had our first restaurant was called Scott and Bins. Okay. Um, it was across town in Fumihang, and we did. Western American comfort food there. Okay. And a little bit of Tex-Mex. Okay. It's, we closed it right after we opened this one. So we closed that five years ago. Okay. Um, but the reason this one came about is that we did a little bit of the Tex-Mex. Right. We did some quesadillas. We did some nachos. We did right. some uh, burritos. 
But for the month of May, we'd always, I'm a chef, so I'd always right. do extra food every month. Right. That features. Right. And for May, we'd always Cinco de Mayo, okay, you know, the, the Mexican the holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd make mole or I'd make fish tacos. Right. You know, whatever. Right. But come 1st of June, we would change the features again. Right. And people would come up that first week of June and be like, where did the fish tacos go? <laughs> what, 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 where, where, you know. And so I have to wait a whole year for to get another <laughs> fish taco? And so this was actually a business decision. Right. Um, I'm from Maine in America. Okay. And I grew up, you know, eating what people call Mexican food, which is Tex-Mex right. for the most part. Right. You know, it's not, regional Mexican has become more popular. Right. But until... You know, 15 years ago, if you were eating Mexican food, in yeah. quotation marks, outside yeah. of Texas, you know, the Southern California right. to right. Texas yeah. area, yeah. it was Tex-Mex, right. you know? Right. Yeah. And so the Mexican, again in quotation marks, <laughs> food scene in, in Ho Chi Minh City five years ago, there are a few places doing it, okay. but n- not too many people doing it seriously. And um, it's not as authentic, I guess. Well, I don't like the word authentic because that's a hard word, but just not focused. Not focused. It was a backpacker. There were backpacker places making pizza and Mexican and Vietnamese and Italian and burgers, you know. Um, There were only a couple places that were focused on it, doing it seriously. Right. And so we were right place, right time. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been doing great since we opened up. Mm -hmm. And we actually opened up a second branch across town, again, where our first restaurant was. It's called Fumihong. Yeah, yeah. Um, We opened up that about a year and a half ago. So okay. now we have we just have, have the two Lafayettes. Okay. So a little bit about you. Um, you said that, you know, you've been in the in the food business for the longest. So where did the passion come from? Was it like a business uh, decision? No, to get it was food, it or? was never really a straight up business decision. It was just as a kid, my mom worked really hard. You know, single mom, two two growing boys who ate everything, <laughs> and so she she'd make big pots of food, casseroles, this or that. Right. And you know, it was like, okay, this is great for the second day, third day. What do I have in the fridge? Right. You know what what do you know? Ketchup, mustard, right. Parmesan cheese, whatever. Right. You know, so it was something where I just would play around with things, you know, right. to, to make the food different. Right. And so I always enjoyed cooking for friends, mm-hmm. went to school for engineering, that didn't work out, but while I was in university, <clears throat> I waited tables and bartended and such. Oh, okay. Stayed, decided, you know, the engineering wasn't for me, so I stayed in that business. You know, I was going to stay in the hospitality business and decided, well, if I'm really going to do it, I should get into a kitchen. Yeah. You know, so I can be able to do everything in a restaurant. Right, right. And once I got into a kitchen, it just was like, oh, okay, this, for whatever reason, actually kind of comes easy to me. And naturally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, And people seem to enjoy the food that I'm putting out. 
Right. So how do you say this nicely to myself? It's it's kind of easy for me, but it's also kind of the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> so it's very good at. So it's it. I'm you know lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. it yeah. It's something that I, I truly enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and people seem to enjoy it as well. So. Right. So um, so then you said you mentioned that you have you know some restaurants back home as well. Uh, do you still have those? No, no, you no. don't. Those okay. are all long gone. So why Southeast Asia? Why did you you know think of traveling to Southeast Asia? Well, I had, like I said, I once I got into the business, you know, I was front of the house for what seven years. Got into a kitchen. Decided. And, sorry, what kind of food was it? At the restaurants that you had back home? At the restaurants that I had, it was, I mean, I did a little bit of Tex-Mex fusion for the first one. Right. Um, then it was a more sort of bistro, American style. Okay. And the last one, I had three. Yeah. Um, first one, successful, bad business partner. Second <laughs> one, good business partner, but we failed miserably. <laughs> Third one um, was fine dining. Right. Um, the woman I was with, uh, partnered with at the time, you know, we both we were both self-taught kids, but we also got our name in the New York Times, you know, nice. so yeah. that, yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't happen to everybody. Yeah. Um, after I left Maine, I, my little brother was in the service, okay. and he had children, and so my mom moved out to uh, Tacoma, Washington, right. where he was stationed. Right. to be close to the grandkids. And right. so after right. I left Maine, that's where I moved, oh, to be okay. close to the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, got a corporate chef job. It was okay. great. Yeah. Five days a week, weekends off, yeah. bank holidays and everything. Yeah. Uh, but it was really boring. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't learning anything. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in Seattle because yeah. I lived in Seattle. Yeah. Um, but I, when they offered me my own account, yeah. I was number two. But when they offered me to be number one, I gave my notice because had I taken it, it would have just put me in a too comfortable of a situation. You know, I, I wouldn't have had to do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like the, the, the responsibility. You kind of made your hands dirty. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I, there was no way to further my craft. Yeah. So I gave my notice and literally my last day of work. I was on the computer uh, looking for plane tickets back to Maine to visit my grandparents. Right. And a friend had gone to Thailand earlier in the year. Right. And Seattle, 13, 14 years ago, the, the plane tickets were really cheap to get to right. Southeast Asia. Right. So I asked him how much his ticket was, and he told me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> and so I decided I started looking for the tickets. And I mean, not that specific day, but yeah, that yeah. was the day I made the decision. I'm, I'm going to go travel because I never did the chef thing where you work someplace interesting, save all your money, go travel for a season, you know, work seasonally, yeah, come yeah. back to a different yeah. job and move yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know what? I I'd never been married. I didn't have a mortgage, you know, nothing like that. So I had the opportunity, had a yeah. little money in my pocket yeah. that I could do it. And so I decided to, to go ahead and do it. On that trip, the first trip, I went to Thailand for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Had It was amazing. You know, one of the people say life-changing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was. I got, when I returned, the day after I returned, after I got over the jet lag, 
Um, I got a seasonal job in a cruise ship town in Alaska. Okay. So saved all my money from that season and then traveled Southeast Asia for four okay. months. Right. And right. on that trip is yeah. where I met the gentleman in Hoi An okay. who had the opportunity to open up a restaurant. Right. So we right. sort of shook hands. I had promised that I was going back to Alaska. So mm-hmm. I went back to Alaska, saved all my money. And uh, 11 years ago, brought all my pots and pans and what money I had and moved over here. Excellent. I mean, that's quite an interesting journey. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. And so you met your wife here? Yes, yes. Um, While I was living in Hoi An, uh, some friends up there moved to Ho Chi Minh. Right. And I was actually on my way to India and Thailand for for a a holiday. Yeah. And so I was hanging out with them here before I went and met her at the restaurant that she was working at. And then that that was it. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, now you've got kids, you said, right? Yes, yes, we've got two. So um, this concept of, you know, a restaurant on the ground floor, and you mentioned that you live upstairs, is this very common feature in, in Saigon? Or? It's actually super common. Okay. Um, maybe for a restaurant, not the living upstairs, but if you look across the street, directly across the street, what they're called is, it's called a shop house. Like okay? in Singapore. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. it's not this when you go outside, if you snap a couple pictures, this house is original, okay? Okay. We've done nothing to the outside of it, to the right. facade. Right, This whole street, this little street, used yeah. to be these houses, uh-huh. the exact same house. Okay, There's okay. There's f- another one that's not touched. There's a couple more that are... They've changed the facade a little bit, right, right. but this whole street used to be just people's houses. And how houses. old do you think um, this house would be? That I don't know, honestly. Um, so what attracted you to, you know, want to like set up a restaurant here and live upstairs? I mean, well, it. We originally, we were, we were still living across town where we had our first restaurant, and. Our first child was almost two, and we okay. just had um, our second daughter. Right. And we had actually upstairs fitted it out, ready to be another dining room. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, but delivery five years ago was it was part of a business. Right. You know. Right. Deliveries become huge. Hmm. We went for a couple of months, still living across town while the other restaurant was still open. But once we decided to close the other restaurant and then we would open up delivery, because yeah. we didn't open up with delivery at first. Once okay. we decided to, to open up the delivery, we have 28 seats. We can get up to like 35 if we move things around. Right. The kitchen's actually a good size kitchen, but if we're gonna be doing delivery, yeah. We've got the seats here. If we opened up upstairs for yeah. seating as well, yeah. we, we couldn't, couldn't keep up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided yeah. to, to move in. Okay. You know? okay. And it's been, the kids love it. 
you know, when they see other kids downstairs, they'll come down and say hi and sit down and draw pictures with them. It makes it easier for us because mm-hmm. we're always here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're moving out soon because they're too big now. You know, the five the five year old has basically lived her whole life in a four by ten meter box with furniture. Right. You know? And so it's <laughs> it's not fair and no, we need to not, give not enough space. space. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've got a yeah. place that's we're just trying to figure out how to get there and not live here anymore, right. you know, just because we've right. done it for so long yeah. with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. still be be present for the yeah. kids, but be present at the restaurant as yeah. well. Yeah, We'll figure yeah. it out. Oh, interesting, yeah. So, um, so do you go back home often or not really? Well, we try and go, we try and go every two years because the first, uh, first year, uh, Zoe was under two, so cheap ticket. The second time we went, she was 75% price, but the other one was under two, so cheap ticket. (laughs) This past year, we went back, um, both of them were 75% tickets, so it's, uh, we can't, we can't afford to do it every year, so we'll take, we took, um, we took this year off, we'll hopefully go back next year. What attracts, um, foreigners to Saigon? You know, and I mean, obviously I've been talking to a lot of people and I noticed that a lot of people come here and set up, either they are entrepreneurs and they just come and work out of here or they set up businesses here. So what is it, what's so attractive about Saigon that makes people come here? Well, that, you know, people like, whoa, how did you pick Vietnam and da 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 And it's like, it's not so much that, like, for me personally, Vietnam's like the most amazing place in the whole world. It's just, it's where I ended up, you know, just the the way the cards fell, this is where I ended up. Um, it's, It's great, but there's, you know, you're from Singapore, I'm from the States, Things are a lot more, I wouldn't say easier, because there's lots of challenges, but regulatory-wise, you know, there's there's not so much zoning. I mean, this this was a house, okay? Yeah, yeah. Where we're sitting was a house. Yeah. Six or seven years ago, the people that owned the house let people build a Vietnamese restaurant in it, okay? Right, right, um, yeah. They didn't do well, they sold the business, we took it over, but you couldn't just do that in Singapore or yeah. you couldn't just do that in the States yeah. you know yeah. um, zoning and this yeah. and that and, yeah. Yeah. you know so for all the challenges of do, setting up in a foreign country there are a lot of things that are a lot easier you know and it's when when you're when you're a foreigner you also depending on what you're doing and how how well you're doing it yeah. you also kind of live in a little bubble right you know i'm yeah i'm sheltered it's like my wife is vietnamese and we've got one day off a week you know so we try and get out on our day off sometimes we eat vietnamese food sometimes we japanese or korean right you know so and i'll I'll get back to your question i I do tend to talk a lot (laughs) but um you know so it's we have as hard as we work we still have a great way of life you know that we couldn't have in the states yeah there's no way i'm not going to get into specifics yeah but there's no way in the states we could set up a restaurant like this yeah you know it's like for regulations well there's regulations there there are things that are definitely 
cheaper here, less yeah. expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rent, not anymore. Rent is getting ridiculous. But, you know, for the cost of what it took to set up this restaurant, it wouldn't have covered a year of liquor liability insurance in the States. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just there, there are things that, as much as Vietnam can drive some people crazy, you know, some people can't handle it. The, the way of life, you know, it's just we just have a much more enriching way of life than we would in the States, you know? It's like there are certain parts of the country I could probably move to with, you know, a smaller... Obviously, you know, I could move to L.A. or or Los Angeles or whatever, you know, but there are probably places you could do it for, you know, for less money in the States, but not... And live how we live, mm-hmm. you know. We're not like rich and, and laughing and counting our money yeah. going to the bank. Yeah, yeah. But as crazy as Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon can be, it's still way more fun. Yeah. Than it would be living in the states. Yeah. You know, that's the culture. It's the you know the the people are so sort of it's you're not in a box you know right. there are options for you to discover new things and um it's not mechanical you know like life in singapore or life back in the u.s is mechanical you're just constantly very much so um, you know it's a struggle yep. right whereas here there are different challenges as you mentioned oh yes but, <laughs> but at least it's it's not you know, i mean there's there's a lot of energy energy you know yeah, yeah. it's like i grew up in maine and the one thing that I miss now that we have children is space. Yeah. You know, it's like we had, I grew up with yards yeah. and fields yeah. to yeah. run around in and yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a little bit harder to come by here, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we try and get the kids outside as much as possible, but it's, it's not the same when you live in a big city. Yeah. So for, you know, if you can, if you can embrace the chaos... It's really a cool place to live. And the co- again, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, the cost, the cost, the cost is so much cheaper, blah, blah, blah. But you kind of get to be, I mean, it's not, it's not the Wild West, but you get to go out and do your own thing, yeah. you know, yeah. where, depending on where you live in the world, it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. I've pretty much owned almost my whole life. I mean, I worked, when I got into kitchens, I worked for other people for a year, but within a year, opened up my first restaurant. Right. And I found out I actually do much better owning than I do working for other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, you know, take, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. But, yeah. um... It's something you feel more in control. You feel more in. You have the the bandwidth then to experiment, to try and you know do different things. Yeah. Whereas you're not, if you're working with someone or for someone, then you're not really in control. And you so. made the same move yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's thankfully, um, and I have to be more thankful every day. You know, thankfully, it's worked for me. You know, my my wife and I have, she, none of these restaurants would have existed without her, you know, it's like to to help get everything done. But it's like, we know what we're doing, you know, and we pay great attention to detail and the customer service. So it's not, it's kind of a, 
It's kind of a velvet cage sometimes where we're really both tied to the restaurants, yeah. which makes it hard because it'd be nice to get away sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But we're here and we're successful and there's a reason for it, you know. And that's it's, all that matters, right? And more power to you and your wife yeah, for that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Scott. Um, you know, it's going to get really busy, so I think I came at the right time. Thank you. Good luck with everything. And, um, you know, and I hope you open up a few more similar restaurants, probably well, not just in Ho Chi Minh, but also yeah. around... Um, I already know what we've, we're working on what the next one is, but it's not Tex-Mex. It's not Tex-Mex. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Yes. That's coming that's coming this year. Nice. Towards the end of the year or as soon as possible. We just got over the um, here it's the Tet holiday, the you yes, know, the yes, Lunar New Year. Yeah. So we've gotta get our feet back underneath us and get through that. Um, but yeah, as as soon as possible. Excellent. Good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. From Maine to Seattle, to Alaska, and then ending up in Asia. Scott says he did not plan it that way, it just happened. He says as hard as we work, we still have a very good life here. And of course, he's referring to himself and his wife. It was so interesting to hear him talk about the whole Tex-Mex concept. The restaurant was really busy the whole time I was chatting with him. I like the way he is honest and says how he prefers to own his own restaurants rather than work for or work with anyone else. Hope you've enjoyed my chat with Scott. Do check out the La Fiesta Facebook page. Until the next episode of Melting Pot, this is Pyle signing off. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm